Welcome back, tennis fans, for another episode of The Countdown. There's not been a lot of tennis being played, but Hamad Medvedevic has just won the next-gen finals. We've had Nick Kyrgios speaking to Piers Morgan, and of course, the greatest ever tennis player, Rafael Nadal, returning to our screens very soon. He's going to be in Australia. He's going to be playing in Brisbane before the Australian Open. And I'm interested to see, does Ben think he can win it all? So stay tuned to find out my views. So grab yourself an alcoholic drink or a non-alcoholic drink and strap in, because this is The Countdown. Right, here we go. Another episode of The Countdown. It's been a very cold day yet again in the UK. Me and Ben have been outside pretty much all day. We was at the West Ham match not too long ago, watching West Ham, Crystal Palace. (laughs) And we was 20 minutes late, so we missed the goal for West Ham. And then we just saw an error with Crystal Palace scoring. Yeah. And yeah, bit of a miserable day. We've had a power cut just before we've gone live. So hopefully nothing goes wrong from here on out for the next half an hour. Uh, in terms of the tennis, we've been watching the Piers Morgan interview with Nick yeah. Kyrgios. I know I spoke about it in the intro. So we'll get into that. I'm interested to hear what you guys thought of it. Um, but before we do, let's speak about some actual tennis which has just been played. Yes. Hamad Medjedovic, I think that's the correct pronunciation. The Serbian tennis star. Uh, big fan of Novak Djokovic. Novak Djokovic, one of the first people to congratulate him. We know he has been funding a lot of his career and yep. supporting him from his early stages to where he is now. What did you make of his performance at the Next Gen Finals? And what do you expect him to beat Fees in the final? I thought it was a really, really good performance. I didn't expect him to get to the final and maybe I didn't give him enough credit. I should have really looked at the bigger picture. This is a guy, Serbian. There's another Serbian that's been doing pretty well this year and he's sort of under the wing of Novak Djokovic. Djokovic, like you said, paid for a lot of his uh, rise in the sport, has taken a lot of the pressure off of his family and you can see, I feel that that's the reason he's playing at such a high level is because he's playing with the knowledge that he's trying to make Novak Djokovic proud. And watching what Djokovic has done this year, that's got to be such a massive inspiration to Madjedovic in this tournament. Did I think uh, he was going to get to the final? No, I didn't. I thought uh, before the tournament started, I thought Stricker was my favourite. I think he was a bit injured. He did actually pull out injured in the end in the semi against Madjedovic. But even coming into the final, I thought Fees was probably the favourite coming into that final. I think he was by the bookies as well. And Medvedevich turned the bookies upside down and won. in what an epic final as well. It was five sets, obviously, in this weird format they do in the next gen. But some of the shots he was playing off both wings, forehand and backhand, he's got all the tools to be a real problem on the tour. I know he was one of your qualifiers to watch in... uh, Was it the French or it was either Wimbledon, one or the other? French, I think. Yeah, really, really solid player. And I can see why Djokovic speaks so highly of him. Good player. And I don't want to be too harsh now. 
But my thoughts on the next-gen finals in recent years isn't the most positive. No? I feel like it's played at the end of the calendar season, calendar year, the end yeah. of the season. And it's on a very fast indoor hardcore every single year because it's at the end of the year. Yes. I feel like that's going to suit a certain brand of tennis. And that is why Stricker was doing so well, let's that's, be honest. That's why I thought he would win um, it, to be honest. He pulled out. He's got such a big, powerful game. Medvedevich yet again, uh, brilliant power. Fees big, big power on the shots. Yep. You had the the Italians in there. Uh, who was it? Luca Nardi and the other one. Yes. Um, uh, I feel like they would do a lot better if it was played on a clay court. And I feel like you get to see the yeah. true essence of tennis on a clay court, whereas on these hard courts you don't necessarily get that. You look at 2022 when it was in Milan. Uh, Brandon Nakashima won it. What's he done since? Not much. But no. the year before Alcaraz. Uh, wasn't yeah. anything the year before that with, with COVID, but the year before Sinner and the one before that, Sissipas. It used to have some real big players winning it. Nakashima for me. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I don't think he's ever, this is my prediction, going to amount to a top 10 player. And I don't think Medvedevic will either. I don't look at him and think this is the next gen finals. The top players coming through. I wasn't that inspired from what I was watching. I thought everything looked so fast and good. But that's only because of the conditions the tournament was played in. I think he's more of an all-surface player, though. I think that's the thing with Medvedevic. I, that's where I slightly disagree with you. I think that he has a game for multi-surfaces, and that is probably, like, being from Serbia as well, he's good on a clay court. I think his game translates to the hard court. He's, he can see he plays so well on indoor hard court there as well. I think he was, he was serving one of the best, even though Fees has probably, I'd say, probably the best serve in the next-gen uh, out of all of them. Medvedevic, I think, was serving better throughout the tournament, better than Fees, in my opinion. I've been, he just looks solid. That's the one thing that I think Djokovic would install into you, just being a solid tennis player all round. And if he can maintain that type of level, he might even face some of the same criticism that Djokovic faces, which is when you're just an all-round, solid, great tennis player, 
you may not set the world on fire with like some neutral tennis fans. But if you start winning tournaments and you start really like uh, going deep in Grand Slams, because I know that he's won, I think, like a challenger, that type of thing. I think he's gone deep in one ATP tournament. And that's about... He won Mallorca, didn't he? And that was in September. That's it. On the hard courts. I remember that one. And just looking at some of his form, it backs up what I was saying. Uh, because I couldn't think of specific examples mm. until I look now, but I remember watching him throughout the year when we've done draw previews as well. I don't think he's I don't think he's that great, and I hate to be on here and be negative, but I don't think any of them in the next gen finals were amazing. I think Arthur Fields for me is the best player on paper. I think he has the has the opportunity to to have the skill set to push on and become maybe a top ten player one day. So I'm not going to say that about him. It's dangerous. But none of the others. I don't think they. They're going to really cut it as a top, top tennis athlete. Medjanovic, for me, will, will hang around the top 50 if he has a really good season, and that's about it. Brilliant. Don't get me wrong. Massive achievement. But I'm not looking at this next-gen finals and thinking, these are future Grand Slam champions. These are future uh, big competitors to carry the flag for the sport. Look at Medjanovic at the end of last year. Lost to Blockux, lost to Benjamin Hassan in Basel, lost to O'Connell. Uh, lost to Mensik, good players, but uh, he, he's, he doesn't set the, the world alight at all. And you, people can say, oh, he's only young, he's 20 years old. So let's give him some time. But still, from what I'm seeing from him, it needs to improve drastically if he's, if he's to be a top player. And f the next-gen finals, I just find it's very frustrating that it's always played on the same surface. Of course, it's got to be because it's the end of the year and it's all a bit too cold. But surely there's somewhere in the world where it's warm enough where they could play somewhere else. I'm sure there is. I mean, this yeah. one obviously being played in uh, Saudi Arabia and and in Jeddah. But uh, I think it was a successful tournament. It was very popular, and despite there not being, I say big names, but how big can you be at that age? I mean, you see, in the last few years there have been bigger names in there. I agree with you to a point that. Fees is the real sort of standout based upon age because he's 19 years old. And I feel that he does have a game which could be... You've seen him beat big players already. That's the thing we've seen from Arthur Fees. The reason you're getting so excited about Medvedevic is because he's Serbian and because of the Djokovic <laughs> sponsor. That's pretty much the only reason why you're so excited about him. We watched the highlights not too long ago. What, half an hour ago? He was good. I mean, really hitting the ball well. Solid. Great forehand he's got. Great backhand. I wasn't, I wasn't, I don't know, I wasn't blown away. Like, this is the next generation coming through. Wow, we're in for a real treat. These players can, yeah, can go I know and challenge what you mean. a Yannick Sinner or a Carlos Alcaraz soon. I just feel like they're going to be journeymen. Uh, a bit like what a Nakashima's going to be, in my honest opinion. Yeah, yeah. Uh, looking through the recent years, it seems like the runners runner-up have a better <laughs> career. So you've got Rublev, Dimonor, Korda, Lehechka, and now Arthur Fields. So that's the, all of the runners-up. Wow. In fact, Alex Dimonor was runner-up twice in 2018 and 2019. He's playing very well at the moment. Um, and I feel like all of them players have a lot better chances of getting inside the top 10, Rublev already in there, yeah. than some of the players who um, who have just won in Nakashima Medvedevic. Yeah, I sort of agree with you. I don't know what happened to Nakashima, to be honest. Yeah, and, and not that top 10 is like the pinnacle, by the way. <laughs> I'm not, I, the reason I keep emphasising on the fact of top 10 is because I feel on the men's tour, yeah. not the women's, 
you're only ever going to get a Grand Slam champion from the top 10. Yeah, I mean, it's highly unlikely. You, you won't. It's you're not going to get a, a, any player win a Grand Slam on the men's outside the top 10. You have to be... It has to just be a ridiculous performance. Yeah. Uh, it, it's I, I don't think Berrettini was top 10, was he, when he played uh, Djokovic at Wimbledon? Yeah. But he was on the fringes. I mean... That Kyrgios as well. Yeah, Kyrgios, but it's just it's just very unlikely to be able to do it. Unless you're yeah. a player like a Kyrgios who's, been on the, who's got... His ranking doesn't mean anything. Yeah, exactly. I think that that's the thing. You could be one of these players that's been out for a while and it might not be yeah. even about the ranking. It might just be the fact that you are good. But, and we know the players that are going to challenge. When you're coming into a slam, there's not many surprises. No. Um, it would be nice to see a surprise. I would love to see or be surprised in one of these tournaments. But the chances are that if someone's going <laughs> to just do a Raducanu and come through the men's and do like a wins every single qualifying match, then goes on and wins Wimbledon or something. I mean, what's the odds in that happening? million to one probably on the men's side it's just so unlikely no it simply won't happen um i know you touched there on nick Kyrgios, so maybe that's a good segue yeah. on to nick Kyrgios. indeed uh, it's time for today's lucky land horoscope with victoria cash life's gotten mundane so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to lucky land you know what they say your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandslots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandslots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. He is someone who certainly can win an event from wherever he's ranked because he's got so much star power and natural ability. Yes. Uh, He's, he's an incredible tennis player and the big story of him is we always say if he would have applied himself he would be a uh, Grand yeah, Slam champion but <laughs> like he was saying to Piers Morgan it's a bit like you isn't it? no <laughs> like, like he was saying to Piers Morgan that's just not who he is you can't yeah. change who he can't be Roger Federer well I like what he said about Roger Federer if we can get into some of those well talk about the interview what did you make of it first um, well, let's be honest. Assessment of the way Piers Morgan. <laughs> let's be honest <laughs> about this with Nick Kyrgios because we could be PC and we could just uh, dress it up and just say, "Oh, it's really nice to see them speaking with each other after having all of this so-called what do we call it now beef?" On uh, yeah, I mean, come on, let's just say as it is, it was a little bit cringe in parts just because Piers Morgan's always trying to get on people's good side I think and when he finally sees that there's a real masculine man on the other end I feel like he tries to like butch it up a little bit and tries to be like the but then he starts he's always laughing too much at every joke Kyrgios says Kyrgios will say oh Roger Ferrer's got like nine people to tie shoes like <laughs> 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 everything's like over exaggerate and then Kyrgios was sort of reciprocating a little bit with when he cracked a joke about sushi Kyrgios was a little bit like he felt like he had to laugh at some of the things he was saying back I don't know tell me in the comments section if you think that if I'm being a bit harsh but for me there was a little bit too much I was respect I wanted a bit it, more it had a feel of two very rich men in a very 
in a private members club mm. where only them two are there and they're sitting there with their whiskey swirling it around <laughs> just having little sips of their whiskey and saying oh, 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 look at this I've just spilt some no, whiskey you're good at your job come and clean this up please no you're good at yours no, no you're, you're amazing no. it, it had, had that feel at times um, I found it slightly cringe uh, a little bit but it was still quite nice to hear from Nick Kyrgios from yeah, I his, side of, his side of the story. And I actually agree with a lot of what he says. Yeah, or not. same. I don't think some of his antics have been as bad as which it's sort of been played out to be. Like He's got a point on some of them. And I know he got that court case. He's talking about the lady with the 700 drinks. I think he got sued for defamation of character. I mean, it's some ridiculous. of this stuff was, 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 was so silly. He doesn't help himself on a lot of occasions. But then I think when you are looking at sort of four-hour tennis matches, if you've just got the sort of professional tennis player, if they're not really good, like the big three, slash big four with Andy Murray, it sometimes can be a bit boring. And I'm talking from a tennis fan. Uh, You need some, some characters, you need some entertainment. Because if you're not really good at tennis... I feel you need to just be a bit of a character. No yeah. one wants to watch someone who's good, but then makes a lot of mistakes and is. Eh, well, like you say, journeyman. Yeah, that's the problem. If you are going to be a journeyman in sport, which some players seem to be happy to be, yeah, which is great. You make a yeah. good good amount of career money. You don't have to do a boring job. It's quite exciting to play at tennis for a career. But who wants to watch two journeymen in a Grand Slam final? Yeah. I wouldn't buy a ticket. Well, that's the problem, isn't it? And who wants to watch somebody who they have the knowledge that they don't aspire to be like great in any way? Yeah. Like, if you're not going to be entertaining, then you have to be aspiring to be the best yeah. because that's what people want to see. They look at someone like Alcalaz, they think, oh, that kid yeah. wants to be the best. You look at even like other people just below him, like Holgaruna, same sort Sinner. of mentality. Yeah, yeah. Sinner, same mentality. But then you go to Chapo and he's like, well, I just like playing tennis it's good fun like earning yeah. money like- I mean same with Sissipas at the moment it's hard. It's starting to be difficult to get behind some of his matches yeah um, he's de- definitely a player in there so maybe that's slightly hard Kyrgios is honest about it though and he's always been honest about it he said I have a very good life he said I earn a lot of money from sponsorship I don't have to play all the time I don't like travelling He's the one thing you can't ever say about Nick Kyrgios is that he's a liar because he just doesn't lie. No, he's very he, honest. Very honest person. And you might not like his opinions, which is fine. You don't have to like everything he says. And I don't like some of the stuff he says. But a lot of the stuff he says is very bang on and very true. And he nailed a few things in this interview as well. Like, I think I'm going to side with him. Definitely on this electronic line calling thing. I know that we they keep on bringing up John Silk's uh, question. Yeah, shout out to John Silk at Wimbledon. I know he was there on behalf of Game to Love, but they cut yeah. that bit out of the interview where yeah. he's got John Silk and Game to Love. That's it. Um, but no, uh, pretty cool that John managed to feature on there. And the ne- Netflix documentary, isn't it? Yeah. But I do understand... His frustration when you've got yeah. this old man or woman calling yep. the lines, and surely if you had someone half their age, they might be able to see it a little bit clearer or yeah. just use technology. It just, just doesn't make sense. He wasn't sense saying that you me. had to have someone younger. I know he was saying get someone rather than 80, get someone at 40 years old. It doesn't mean, but no. like, just get if they had the technology, you'd, you'd understand either way, but. I don't know. Um, Makes no sense not to... The main thing that he's calling... It doesn't bother me as much as it bothers you. 
No, but the main reason it bothers me is because this is actually people's livelihood. If this was like, if that was your job, let's say, and your job on how much you earned and how much your sort of like prestige and your whole career was based upon was not even based upon your skill level. It was based upon some old guy stood at the end of or old lady stood at the end of a, a court just going out. And then you're like, I, I, I want a challenge, but I've got no challenges left. And it's wrong. And you can't even challenge it. That shouldn't be what defines you as a, as a tennis player or a sports star. It should be, if you've got the technology, which they've got the technology, if you can go to a Hawkeye and they can go, oh, within a second. Yeah, by the way, it was in. Let's just use that and just get rid of all of them because we don't need them. They're, they're just there as, like, they're just errors waiting to happen human error we don't want human error yeah i feel we could use artificial intelligence a little Ooh. bit more in the space of tennis definitely and i'm not talking about just with line calls i think we've got some pretty good technology out yeah. there for that but what i'm referring to uh -oh. is actually in press conferences i feel like there could be <laughs> some kind of artificial intelligence questions which aren't so boring and mundane because I feel AI would be able to read a situation of exactly what's happened, take into, into consideration the, the emotions of that player, what type of player that is, and ask better questions than what a lot of the people in the press room do. Because we've been in the press room, yep. and we find a lot of the times the questions are very easy to sidestep and just give, well, you know, I'm just focusing on my next match mm. now. I'm going to go... Uh, have a nice ice bath after this uh, one, eat well, prepare for the next uh, one and play my best tennis. <laughs> and that's all I can really do. I mean, it's the, or, and then it goes on for like more of the same narrative. I mean, what's the point? It's none. It's I, like feel like, I feel like people often ask in tennis the wrong questions. And Always. I think the only way to resolve it is one, get some interesting people in the press room to ask interesting new questions which make the players have to think a little bit. Good luck. Or build an artificial intelligent robot which can provide interesting questions based off a range of scenarios what they've been able to take into consideration. Yeah, but I think I, I totally agree with you that that should be what happens. But I think we both know there is some a bigger picture which is at hand, which is obviously the media wants clicks. And the media wants clicks. And if you go no, into... but they'll get clicks by doing that. It'll be more interesting. They don't get I don't clicks think boring questions. I don't, they want clicks from certain stories because they want to push certain agendas. So if you're going to... Wars. Exactly. Ooh, why, do you think wars get, why do you think wars get brought up all the time? Yeah, why do you think vaccines get brought up all the time? <laughs> all of the, the topics which, as controversial, they will always bring up. And that's not coincidence. It's because that's been pushed to them Ask Djokovic about the vaccine. Ask Kyrgios about like any all his problems off the court. Maybe why is he with the trial he's going it's, to? It's like, a way of using players for political. Definitely, um, always. What's Ser the word? Political. Serena probing. What's the word? Where you yeah, like, propaganda. Yeah, not propaganda. But it's like where you're pushing your ideology. Yeah. In a political way, and you're well, able Serena's to do that for a voice piece of a player because they're not actually saying it but you're using them yep. as a way to communicate to, to the masses because they're someone who a lot of young people 
or all people really will relate to exactly. and won't listen to. Exactly. No right. one's going to listen to a politician, but they'll listen to Nick Kyrgios or Novak Djokovic. Oh, exactly. Remember we had the press conference with Cristiano Ronaldo moving the Coca-Cola away off the screen. See, that is political as well in its own way because he didn't want to be associated with Coca-Cola and their share price went zoom, through the floor because he just pushed it off the screen and didn't want to be associated with them. That's the power of sports uh, men and women on that level. And this is why they're always going to have to foot controversial questions unless they come to people like us and we pose <laughs> crazy questions like yep. what's your favorite song or, or my ai robot but we'll have the to AI. wait for that till another day the next part of the interview <laughs> which they didn't agree on because a lot of it mm. they were just agreeing and saying oh Piers, you're so great oh nick i love you uh when they weren't doing that there was a little bit about eating sushi in the press conference uh, yeah uh, i believe that was at wimbledon i yep. think we was there when he was yep. eating the sushi and Piers doesn't think that is uh, a respectful thing to be doing, a professional thing to be doing. That's what he said. What yeah. do you think? Because Nick Kyrgios doesn't think they see anything wrong in him eating sushi in a press conference. Because he had a way to explain it as well, which we... So under- you agree with Nick? We understand the time constraints of press conferences as well, because they get booked in and you can't keep people waiting. And the only person who swapped them around was Djokovic, to, as far as I was aware of that. I think Norrie got made to go in his place a few <laughs> times. He just got told, you're, go- you're going instead of Djokovic. But anyway, he, I think he's got the right to do what he wants there. But Kyrgios, he just came in. He probably wanted to get it out of the way. He had played a long match and he just wanted to take... I mean, and plus, the other thing that I, I'm i not going to... I don't really care if he's eating sushi or not. If he's answering the questions, fair enough. For me, it's part of his personality as well. Some players, like he said, they might have had a beer or they might... I've seen players eat pizza and Talk stuff like beer. that. Pass me the Sauvignon. There you go. Yeah. Sorry. I've seen some players eating pizza and stuff in press conferences and stuff like that. No one really has a go at them. It's just because it's Nick Kyrgios, I think they make a point of it. And I think that that was the thing he was trying to point out in that interview with Piers Morgan is, isn't it funny how when I do something, it makes the headlines, but when everybody else seems to do it, it doesn't. And that's because it's this whole thing about controversial characters and they, they try to make him into the bad guy even if he's just doing something that everybody else does. What, eating in the press room? Oh, some other people do it. I've not seen many people I've do it. I've seen other people who? do it. I don't know names. Well, that's ridiculous. You can't say I know I know people who do it and then not name anyone. I know. That's so a bad just example. I've just done an Elon Musk interview. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody's ever done it before. Give me an example. <laughs> you, t- tell me someone who's done it before. Well, I'll have to look it up. Well, you're going to have to because I think you've so made that up. And you've also sidestepped the question of do you think it's wrong? So you're well, saying it's fine? I don't. I think I don't. I don't have a problem with it. I I know that for a fact in other sports I've seen it. It doesn't even matter if it's tennis or any other sport. I think it's the same thing. If you're doing a press conference, you should you can do what you want. You're there and you're doing them a favour by answering their questions. So if they have they have to wait for you to finish your mouthful before you speak, I think it's fine. Okay. Can you find any other players or is it I all fake news? No. I'm, I know there's definitely UFC fighters. That's the main press oh, conference. So just to clarify there, there isn't any tennis players, but Ben's seen a UFC fighter once eating a Pringle. Um, <laughs> no, it's a slices of pizza they always go with. <laughs> and their ones, they're like, sorry. Oh, and they just start like chomping in on. In fact, there's Eager. I think Eager might have had pizza in a press Tiramisu, conference. maybe? <laughs> I'm not sure. But um, let's move on. Let's have a I'll look. Let you have a look as we go on. The next part of the interview um, was a little bit 
more serious, I would say. And it was talking about his mental health and all of the troubles he's had. We did do a news video on it and yeah. we spoke about it from time to time. Serious. I'm, I'm, I was shocked when he came out with everything he did about his mental health and how bad it was. Of course, it is Scary. Um, a horrible place for him to be in. But I do, this is my own belief, no one else's, but I do think that it is sometimes uh, it can be turned into a real positive. Oh, definitely. I believe that for people to to really be able to uh, experience true happiness and fulfillment in their life, they have to go through something which is worse than just a bad time. Oh, yeah. And what I mean by that is just like today, we've had a bit of a bad time. <laughs> this is not like that drastic. No. You need to go through something where mentally or fit, like something really bad. To oh, that's the only way you can appreciate the real good yeah, times. And I totally agree. I would say he did. He's had real rock bottom, like a bad, yeah. bad period where he was cutting himself, where he was laying in in, in his room, yeah, in the in, dark, in the dark, yeah. not going out, uh, drinking, abusing, think himself of drugs, and I think from doing so it's made him the person who he is i don't think he should have any regrets for what his actions no and i think it enables him to see life maybe for a different lens and if he's able to get any success now in his tennis career i know he's 28 years old he'll probably play the australian open and wimbledon next year if injuries allow him to yeah if he could win one of them i think the emotion I know he's always said he'd retire afterwards because for him, that would yeah. be, he wouldn't be able to go any further than that. Yeah. But that would be like the most euphoric feeling you could possibly imagine. For someone who's been right at the bottom to then win yep. something big, it's huge. I mean, in, in a way, you want to say like he sort of deserves it, but you feel like he has to earn it to deserve it. He's managed to get to really the top of the sport despite a lot of people not believing in him. There's a lot of people who do believe in his ability, but don't believe in his will to win and his, I'd say it's like professionalism. Like I feel that that's the one thing that a lot of the players show. If you want to win a Grand Slam, you have to be like the, the consummate professional to get to that level. And you look at the likes of the people who have been winning them. They're the only people who have won them in recent years have all been the top, top, top players and they're the, the, the most skilled, the most dedicated. And if you're not dedicated for a full season, people probably just don't think you're entitled to even win one. And I feel that he started to win people over. Like That Wimbledon, he came after, I feel so sorry for him that after that, he's just had bad luck, hasn't he? He hasn't, he got uh, injured, didn't he? He was uh, trying to help his mum who got like held at gunpoint or something. She had a car stolen, injured his, like, what did he do? Like, lacerated his foot. So he said he was bleeding everywhere when he was chasing, like to try and help her. I mean, to have that as like an injury and then to be out of the slams after when he said, oh, now I really feel like I'm going to really make a push. He was even saying he was going to play the French Open yeah. all this stuff. So sad that he hasn't been able to fulfill the one time that everybody thought that he's now serious. Well, he's back, kind yeah. of thing, from that Wimbledon year, uh, two years ago now. Yeah. He's back. Yeah, but well, this is um, exciting. But how back is he? Like, wow. let's look forward for 2024. Uh, and the reason I want to speak about 2024 is because we're going to go through the calendar and talk about Rafael Nadal in a minute. But 
I believe it could be the title of the video. We've not decided yet, but <laughs> can Nick Kyrgios win a Grand Slam next year? Yes, most definitely. If he plays the same way and that he played in that uh, Wimbledon, I believe Wimbledon is his best opportunity to win a okay. slam. So if he was pitted up against a Yannick Sinner the way he's playing right now, would he be able to beat him? Kyrgios playing his On best grass tennis courts. or Sinner playing his best tennis, who would I win? I mean, well, I mean, Yannick Sinner, you'd have to probably say would beat him right now. That's the well, then thing. there we go then. So you're but, saying he's going to win it. And you've got to beat Djokovic as well. You might have to beat Nadal. But Kyrgios might Alec be... Alec who's getting better, who's just won Wimbledon. He's not had to play. Getting, he's I not. Think you, you always get too far ahead of yourself with Nick Kyrgios, I think. I'm not sure. I think he had a really good season. He's turned the corner. And I'm saying a lot of positive things about him. Mm. Do I think he's going to win a Grand Slam in his career? No. I think he's had his chance. He got to his final. He will not get to another final again, in my opinion. I think there's too many young players coming through who are so good. Really good. Yannick Sinner and Alcaraz, mm. Runa's getting there, are so, so good. Maybe yeah. I'm a fanboy. There's going to be people in the comments who don't like my love for Carlos Alcaraz and Sinner. You then got Djokovic, who's going to mop up anyone. <laughs> anyone who's not them two. But then you, you could got Daniel say... Daniel Medvedev, who's, who, who is a beast. I'm sorry. Daniel Medvedev on a hardcore is an absolute yeah, beast. Yeah, he is. I don't care what anyone says. He's so good, Daniel Medvedev. Even in that final at the US Open where he lost to Djokovic. Yeah. He played so well and still lost. It was the story of most matches with Djokovic. Sinner played so well that still lost. So I don't, I don't see how Kyrgios can get into that conversation at the moment. I think he played extremely well in that, in that period. But I don't know how many times he can just go from not playing to well, then come the, back and keep bouncing back. That's the question. There's only it? one player who's able yeah. to do that. And that's Rafael Nadal. And he's shown that time <laughs> and time again. Injury after injury. It doesn't matter where it is. He comes back and he can win big things and, and, and fool everyone because no one's expecting it. And nobody in the history of tennis has been able to recover from injuries and win big events like Rafael Nadal has. He nobody. Can, he can come back every time and he can always you're be a You're telling threat. me Nick Kyrgios can do that? Yeah, but we've not even seen the best of him yet. No, no, Ben. Stop sidestepping questions. You're telling me Nick Kyrgios can win a Grand Slam next year and you believe he might be able to win one? I think that if he plays the same level that he played, then he has the ability to win a Slam. And you think he's going to produce that level? I hope he will. What do you think? If he performs well in Australia and has a good start to the year, then I think but it's going to set You're making the predictions set, now the on the train episode. running. So your, for your prediction, do you predict Nick Kyrgios to be back playing good tennis this year? Yes. So you think he's going to be back and you I, think, I think he's going to I think compete he, in Grand Slams? Yeah, what, I think... Australia and Wimbledon? US Open? French I, Open he won't I think play, that probably. Wimbledon and US Open are his best shots, to be honest, this year. Because I think he's going to take a little bit of time to get going. But when he gets going, I think that we're going to... Wimbledon, we may see something really special, maybe like a semi-final he could do. And then the US Open, if he gets a good draw, we know he's, what, he's beating Medvedev there. Not many people can say that. If he ha if he just stays fit, that's all we ask from you, Nick Kyrgios. Stay mentally fit, physically fit, and he's a nightmare for everybody on on any surface. I think apart from maybe the French. If we could see him play the French, I would love that because he hasn't played the French Open since 2017. Okay, it'd be crazy <laughs> if he wins the French Open. Nick Kyrgios, there you go. That's my prediction. No. The last bit I want to touch on on the Kyrgios interview before we move on, on because I feel like we spoke for far too long about it. Go on. And that is him 
constantly referring to Novak Djokovic as the greatest athlete and player of oh. all time. Uh, he's done a complete U-turn with Novak Djokovic. He wasn't a big fan. He criticised him a lot on social yeah. media um, and in the press rooms. Now he's best friends with him, wants to go out for dinner with him. Yeah. Continuously has a lot of nice things to say. Same with the Piers Morgan. He seems to have matured a lot in the last few years. Yep. And he's befriending a lot of the big names in television and sport. What did you make of his comments regarding Djokovic? <laughs> well, it's no secret now. I think he's not the first time he said it. And I like the way that he, like, formed the answer for why he said it. That was more the, the thing that I was happy about. And I've seen a lot of reaction on uh, X uh, saying about it as well, uh, which is when you've got a sport which you don't know how long it's going to be. Like this, There's no way of knowing if tennis could be an hour and a half or five hours long, six hours sometimes, if you're Novak Djokovic. That's why it makes him the best athlete. And that's why he believes that Djokovic is the greatest athlete is because he is able to adapt to any situation on a tennis court, no matter what surface and no matter what length of time and no matter what age as well. And that's just something I don't think that can be ignored. I think that that's just the one thing that Kyrgios just looks at him and just thinks, well, I played against him as well in the Wimbledon final and... It's just an unplayable person. Even with a serve as big as Nick Kyrgios, it's just, it doesn't even matter. It's got, it just comes back. And then you've just, he just take, like, picks you apart with just exceptional, consistent tennis. Yeah, for sure. And talking about great athletes and tennis and how players pick you apart, I feel it's only fair to go on to, for me, my favourite tennis player, the real GOAT. Uh, I'm sure everyone will agree. And that is Rafael Nadal. He is confirmed to return in Brisbane, Australia. And I'm bringing up now. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. On the screen, as you can see up here, the 2024 schedule. And you've got Brisbane happening. It's an ATP 250. It's going to be... It looks here, 31st of December. So it starts yep. in 2023. Yep. But um, I don't know whether or not Rafa would even play on the first day. Probably wouldn't. Nah, he? I don't yeah, know. He probably would because he's seeded. Maybe. Yeah, he get by. Well, possibly. He could be playing against the number one seed in that event. Might be a Yannick Sinner or someone. But 
yeah, let's see how that, would be how that one plays out. Sinner versus Nadal, your first match back. Well, that and then two terrible. weeks after that, 14th of, uh, is it the 14th of January? So yeah, 14th of January, we've got the Australian Open kicking off. Yep. 128 players. Rafael Nadal will have a protected ranking. He'll be anywhere in that draw. Could be playing a Novak Djokovic and Alcaraz. Kyrgios. Name it. Could be anyone. Nick, Could be anyone. Imagine Kyrgios and Nadal first. Well, I just I would love to see him get to a second week. I think that is, for me, what he should be targeting. Yeah. Um, that would be a great achievement in itself. I don't think he can win the Australian Open. No, I think um, it's a big ask. <laughs> Coming back and winning yeah. it would be nuts. But I still feel that Roland Garros is going to do something. Should be fresh though. He's not. He's not had to play much tennis, so his body's feeling quite nice, rested, relaxed. Who knows? The, the point <laughs> is, no one knows what's going to happen. The one thing I do know is this: that he will not be returning if he can't be competitive. I keep saying that. I said it in the last episode. I'll say it now. He's not there to fill up the numbers. He's done everything in the sport, and yeah, he's going to be there to try and be competitive and go as far as he can and he wouldn't be playing if he couldn't beat a lot of the top players so yeah. watch out for Rafael Nadal and yeah stay tuned on the channel because we'll be covering every Rafael Nadal match when he's back so if you haven't already subscribe like the video and we'll see you when he plays yeah definitely will right should we get on to some latest news I think that's the next uh, segment Right, on to the latest news, and I feel we should stay with what we've been talking about a little bit, and this one was hand-selected by myself. It's a very interesting graph, and you can see the career best result at each of the 15 biggest tournaments, and these are all active players, so you're not going to see the likes of Roger Federer in there, mm -hmm. and... It is pretty incredible if you're a Djokovic fan because you can see him right at the top. <laughs> He's got green in every single one, all of the big 15 events. And the Olympics is the only one he's not won. But we're going to be having an Olympics this year in the home of Rafael Nadal, Roland Garros, yep. on the clay. So, yeah, that's just amazing. I feel like we could see a gold and silver medal matchup between Serbia and Spain somehow. <laughs> Imagine. Um, on the clay. Rafa has won the Olympics. He's already got that yeah. one ticked off. But he's got three to tick off. Year-end. Uh, well, championships. Year-end championship. Yeah. Miami. Yep. And Paris. Where he's got to the final of all of them. So it's not bad, Rafa. No, pretty good. Uh, you then move down. Murray. He's done quite well at all of them. Yep. Um, and yeah, you can just keep going and going, really. But I thought it was just an interesting graphic to have a look. Uh, you can look at Alcalaz to see... At his age, how much he's sort of yeah. greening and purpling off with all yellows. He's slowly filling that up. And I wouldn't be surprised if, give that a few years, you won't see any of that like, like blue colour yeah, at all. Yeah, I think that'll all disappear. There'll be no blues and greys. No. <laughs> I mean, the the one that he'll be looking to remove from that blue will be the first one, I think. Yeah. The Australian Open best result third round. Yeah. And Monte Carlo first round, I mean... Yeah, I mean, that'll, that won't stay like that. That's guaranteed, I'm telling you that much. I mean, he's going to be looking for the Australian Open this year to be the one where he finally is able to get past like into the second week. I, I think it's, I don't want to say it's guaranteed, but I feel like right now there's only really four players on the tour who are really 
that you consider. Uh, I mean, you can probably throw Rafa's name in there as just like a wild one because he won it just a couple of years ago. But yeah, Alcalaz, you expect him to to better that, don't you? Yeah. And the other thing I noticed, Medvedev, not very good in Madrid. Zverev, <laughs> not very good at Wimbledon. Yeah. It's, that one's crazy to me. Yeah. Zverev, you'd think with his game style, would be perfect for Wimbledon. But he's he's one of those, like like you see with Alcalaz. It's crazy that Alcalaz has pretty much got a better record than Zverev. <laughs> yeah, he's so much younger. And then Vavrinka as well, although Vavrinka with the three slams there. Yeah. Right, the next one I want to speak about, and that is the big three sees the most weeks in the top two of the ATP rankings. Um, you can see here, Rafael Nadal is leading the way for the most weeks in the top two. He's got 596. We have Djokovic second with 561. And Roger Federer third with 528. Djokovic has a chance with Rafa outside the top two at the moment to extend more records. He's not got this record, but he can extend <laughs> his overall records against everything else. This is like the only thing he's not really got on anyone. I'm sorry, but I've got a call with this as it is. I mean, I feel that as Rafael and Nadal fans go, we're clutching at some straws right now, going for great records that we're still being held. This is like something I didn't even expect from you, to be honest. You always <laughs> said to me, this this is a loser's mentality, just to be like second best and everything. It just shows consistency, Ben. <laughs> it but shows consistency. To be celebrating being the best number two ever in the world, that's pretty much what it no, is. No, it's not saying the best number two. I it's mean... best to remain inside the top one and two. How many of them were at number two? That's why. <laughs> no, it's because he was just flipping from two to one for yeah. a bit. He was there. He was he's the always player. there. But most of the time, he's probably at number two behind Federer or behind Djokovic. That's the thing. But the one thing I will say on that is for him to be at number two more than number one and still have 22 slams, which is more than Federer and nearly as many as Djokovic is pretty remarkable as well. Yeah. The next one is a bit of a broad one it's Bastian Facken saying the 2024 season begins in just 27 days I mean it's gone quite quick we better hurry up flown past um, I mean it's actually 26 or probably 25 when this is being aired so running out of time and we better hurry up with some of the content we've got planned for December because we're running out of time we're going to do our reacting to 2023 predictions we're going to give our 2024 predictions and we've also got a few guests on for podcasts we just need to find the time to film it all and hopefully they'll be all out very soon um we'll do a few more and the next one i wanted to speak about was arthur fields uh and he is gonna be or fees you should say sorry and he's gonna be playing in kuwait yeah how'd you say it kuwait kuwait with Rafael Nadal starting the 8th of December, he said he very kindly invited me. I'm going to give it my all. I'm going to try not to get too carried away on my forehands. I'm going to get the most out of it. So best preparation you can get practicing with Rafael Nadal. Yeah, I, I love this as well. I think this is uh, always good when you get to see like one of the young players coming through and then they get entered into training with one of the best players we've seen it with Sinner as well when he was sort of a little bit younger getting to knock up with Rafa and stuff 
love to see it because it's one of those things and you sort of will look back maybe in a few years time or maybe even when they play each other on the tour which is quite a possibility as well and then you're sort of like master versus apprentice listen i'm not trying to rain on medvedevich parade but arthur fees is going to be a better player than he will be it's it is possible, but... No, if it's he... not just possible. It's my prediction. I'm making a oh, statement. I'm telling you that's going to happen, Ben. Well, Djokovic will see to it that you're wrong, <laughs> I'm sure, like a lot of other things. Have we got any other news or are we going to move on into the shootout? No, I have one last piece of news and that is Naomi Osaka striking the ball well as she continues her preparation for her comeback. Um, the tennis letter, right? We missed this. And yeah. Osaka is returning to the tour. Another name who we've missed, of course. Brilliant. Uh, she had a baby, not been able to play, had a few issues as well. But she's back. Looks like she's hitting quite well. And I predict her to do quite well this year. Well, she's... I think she's going to surprise them. On the hard courts, yeah. she's one of those players who definitely has a chance. And she could insert herself into that big three conversation on the women's side, I think. Big hitter. That's the thing. If she's playing her best, can she be is she better than an eager? Hmm. Can her best rival an eager? I, I think like yes. I think if she hits hard enough and accurately enough, she just has to not give up. I feel that against yeah. eager we've seen, yeah. she tends to give up on a lot of points. She doesn't want to run. And that's the one negative I'd say about Naomi Osaka. Amazing tennis player when Movement she's not so great. Great as the hammer, bad as the nail. Okay. And just like that, we're going to move on to our next section of the countdown, and it is the tennis shootout. Right, so the tennis shootout. This is the section where myself and JG ask each other a piece of tennis trivia relating to the upcoming Grand Slam. This time it's going to be the Australian Open, so we'll have some Australian Open questions. And... Who's going to go first this week? We need to make the decision. Who went first last week? I don't remember. I think I went. I asked you first yeah, last so week. Yeah, so I'll go first then. Okay. All right. I'll get a uh, timer ready. Yeah. All right, let me just Last get... week, you got it very easily. Yes. It was about Rafa Nadal and the longest Didn't match. get Blom though, did I? Yeah, you didn't get the Blom. <laughs> but, um, but this one, I'm interested to see if you're going to get it. You might know it. You're going to have to think. Oh, no. Don't like thinking. <laughs> <laughs> the only thing is, it's not too long ago. So, right, my question. Last year at the Australian Open, there was many players competing, hitting serves, hitting aces, winners, forehands, backhands, volleys. My question to you, who hit the fastest serve of the men's event in the Australian Open. And how fast was it? Go. Go. Right. Oh, my word. Who hit the fastest serve at the Australian Open last year? Let's try and think of some big servers. Well, Ben Shelton was in there last year, and I know that he got to a quarterfinal. I mean, surely he has to be up there on the list for fast serves. Try and think of some other fast servers in the men's game was big john in there not sure <laughs> kyrios wasn't mm, i think i'm gonna have to go with ben shelton to be honest because he's like quite. i'm gonna go with ben shelton just because i know that he is like sort of 
setting records at events over the course of last year. Not sure if it's in the first event of the year, but he's the name that sort of, when I think fast serving, I think Ben Shelton. I'm going to go Ben Shelton. I'm going to go with, uh, do we need kilometers? I think we've or run out of time. Do we, need, yeah, do we need miles per hour or kilometers? Kilometers an hour. Oh no, this is a nightmare. Quickly, you're... 232. Okay, I can confirm the correct answer is Ben Shelton. <sighs> But it's 228 kilometers oh, now, so very so close. close. <laughs> so I'll I'll give that to you. I think you got that one correct. It's quite close. Yeah. Well done. I mean, in miles per hour, it's probably very very <laughs> small that difference. Oh, not a bad uh, drop. But this. it wasn't even because he was um, it was actually in the opening round. Oh wow! Yeah, that was when the fastest serve was. Interesting. Oh, I like that one. Anyway, Ben Shelton, I think that he'll probably be the answer for that uh, same question if there's any other... Uh, you never know. You never know. <laughs> no, Kyrgios serves quite fast, but not as fast as Shelton. Shelton seems to just have an action, like a technique, which just gets like rapid serves, like, just like killer serve, one per match, I think. There's one that really stands out. You can get like one of those photo moments. Right, on to my question anyway. We've had that Finally. one. Another... <laughs> Ding, pop one up. How many on seconds did you me. get for yours? About two minutes. Seven hours. Right. <laughs> so, my one. Here we go. So, uh, this one, we got uh, a. Well, we've been talking about controversial tennis players. I'm going to ask you about uh, controversial tennis players uh, on the tennis court in Australia. Which player broke four rackets? During one changeover at the 2012 Australian Open. 2012 Australian Open. Okay, so, I mean, Djokovic would have been very good then. Federer would have been very good then. Probably wasn't then. Who was very angry in that period? I mean, I can give you... Do you want me to give you some options? No. Okay. I'm going to go Andy Murray. <laughs> Andy Murray? Yeah. I don't think that Andy Murray's going to be doing well, that. Wouldn't be surprised. Four he gets so rackets. Angry. Well, who's the answer then? Right. Someone I don't know. Marcos Bagdatis. Oh, okay, yeah. You yeah. do yeah, know I Marcos Bagdatis. You probably remember it. Yeah, I do know you say it. Yeah, yeah. I, Marcos Bagdatis. You always do old stuff. I mean, we I was saw about, him at the Champions. I was about we saw him at the Champions old. Tour. I was young. I was a child. He had a little dad bod. No, but it, <laughs> I always give recent stuff. You always give me old questions. But there we go. I wish it was the other way around. I didn't know it. So one nil to Ben. Well done. You got you got another win on the tennis shootout. Australia seems to be my country. Right, let's move on to the last section, and that is the Q&A. Right, so the Q&A, we're going to go to, I put a post out yesterday just to see if anybody wanted to ask a question. We've got a couple of questions that we will go through now very briefly. First one is in from Gene, one of our longest standing members on the channel. And he says, uh, since the next gen finals happened this week, who do you think has the most potential out of fees, Mudjedovic and Stricker? So fees 100% I see him being um, the future of tennis and I think Medjanovic will really amount to a top player but that's just my 
prediction. He could obviously do well, and he's certainly a very good player at the moment. I just don't see him being a top 10, top 20 even. I think he'll be around the top sort of 50 to 100. How old Stricker at the moment? Is he 20? 20. I think, they have, I think they have to be like, uh, yeah, 21. Has he missed the boat already? No, definitely not. No. But I don't think he'll, he's another one who won't. Arthur Fields has a chance more so. I think he's on a more multi-surface player, maybe, I'd say, uh, Fees. I'll go with Fees as well. Uh, we'll both go with that one. On the next question, this one's from Duncan Bradley saying, this one's probably a bit more for you, saying, if Nadal gets put close to Alcaraz in the Australian Open draw and they play, who will win, how many sets, and who will the fans root for? Well, I would root for Rafael Nadal. I can only talk from my perspective, <laughs> yeah. but I don't think he would win that match. I think Alcaraz would beat him, and I think it would be in straight sets. Um, wow. Maybe in four at very best, but I think I think Alcaraz would beat Nadal if yeah. they were to face off at the Australian Open. I would agree. But you never know. <laughs> uh, I'd like to be hopeful that Nadal can play really well. I'd say it's Clay just big, is the yeah, only. It's, it's going to be tough and I think you'd want to avoid any top players until he really has to play one of them. Definitely. Like second week. The second week, Rafa, though, could be a bit different yet again. If he's played a few matches and played quite well... This draw is so important. The, the draw's <laughs> massive. Yeah. Make sure to join us for the draw. Yeah, definitely do. I, I, yeah, I can't see him taking a set uh, on a fast surface against Alcalaz. Uh, I think the only chance he'd have is on a clay court. There we go. Right, let's wrap that one up. It's been a long one. Thank you, everyone, for tuning in. And apologies for not bringing you some of the content we promised. We will be doing it, hopefully, very, very soon. We're running out of time. Only 25 days until tennis starts again. Uh, if you haven't already, please like this video. Subscribe if you're new. And if you want to listen to our audio podcast, they're all posted on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. So go check them out. Give us a follow over there. Uh, anything left to say? No, just uh, 44 days until the Australian Open. Let's go. Can't wait. Thanks, everyone. See you soon. Podcast Network. I'm Victoria Cash. Thanks for calling the Lucky Land Hotline. If you feel like you do the same thing every day, press one. If you're ready to have some serious fun for the chance to redeem some serious prizes, press two. We heard you loud and clear. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com right now and play over a hundred social casino-style games for free. Get lucky today. At LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.